Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app, then use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Wednesday, snowing in Chicago. Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Del Mendo, Ryan Herrera, and our buddy Tim Stebbins, baseball writer here. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. We're going to have a good uh, Cubs chat here today. We're going to talk a little uh, Hall of Fame. We'll talk about uh, stock up, stock stock down for Cubs players. And we'll uh, tell you about what we have coming up for you tomorrow as well. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Give us a like, the five-star review. We appreciate that. If you're a downloader of podcasts and you just listen to the audio version, and you're on Spotify, we want a five-star review. Go ahead and give us the five-star. We want you to catch the people on Apple Podcasts. And we prefer the five-star because a four-star is basically a slap in the face. Four-star is like hitting 270. Yeah. Five stars. Well, five that'll stars get you like almost to the Hall of well, Fame wrong. these days. <laughs> you can leave five You can leave five stars and you can continue to tell me how many times I say like way too much. Yeah. Thank you. You're going to like this He's podcast. <laughs> Like that's it. Where, that's what we're going to say right out of the gate. So the He's big news uh, the last 24 hours was that Scott Rowland has been inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, or voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, and that got people going. Our friend Mark Carmen put out a Twitter thing saying, if you're going to let Scott Rowland into the Hall of Fame, you might as well allow Mark Grace. You kind of sound like him. Exactly. A little bit, yeah, right? Yeah, Boy, he got, I'm, I will say he got a lot of feedback. There were like 3,000 hearts, I think, or something. What are they? There was a lot of feedback to it, right? Engagement. I'm not going to compare. Keith Law was in his uh, mentions yeah, telling him I that he that was too. basically called him a moron, basically. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say that, but, like, he was like, Specific. you're better than this, Carm. <laughs> and I was like, all right, Keith Law, you need to chill, bro. <laughs> I didn't say that to him, but I was thinking it as I was reading it. Before we start the segment, <laughs> here's what I want to say. I don't really care. Who gets into the Hall of Fame anymore? Honestly, I don't. It it doesn't impact my life at all. I don't lose sleep over Sammy's not in and Scott Rowland's going in. The only people that it should impact are really the players and their families. However, if you're asking me to analyze who's in and who's not, I've got some opinions. So <laughs> we'll we'll discuss that. I how do you did how did it make you feel when you saw Scott Rowland going into the Hall of Fame? I, did you have any cub reaction to it? And how did you feel in general about I mean, Scott Rowland? I like the video of his parent him telling his parents like that was very that was nice. nice, very and nice. heartwarming. I agree. Um, That's I, big of me to say. I mean, we ta- <laughs> talked about it Cody prior Black. to the show. Did I like watch Scott Rowland play baseball and automatically think Hall of Famer? No, but clearly the Hall of Fame voters didn't think that way either. Like I. I they didn't vote him in on the first ballot. He wasn't the first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, he kind of had to keep getting voted on to stay on the mm-hmm. on the ballot. But so in that sense, no, he wasn't a, a Hall of Famer like on first glance. But um, you take a look at some of the numbers. I could see I could see why he got voted in. I'm not like pounding the. T- I wasn't pounding the table saying he should be this whole time. But like right. it's, it's also he was a very good player uh, for most of his career. Um, good defender, you know, all this different stuff. It just becomes to the point where, like, I don't know what the Hall of Fame (laughs) – there's no – it's obviously subjective, right? Mm -hmm. There's no benchmark of, like, a Hall of Fame player. So, I mean, it's just like – it's more like a popularity kind of contest to me. And, 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 you know, if I'm voting for it, I I would like to vote for – the guy, the deserving players. Well, you might someday, though. You and and Tim both might have a vote someday (laughs) – for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Which is so, true. So if, as you're thinking about that ahead of, ahead in your future, what would be your criteria for picking out a guy for the Hall of Fame? Do you care about the integrity part? Because I know Ryan Sandberg is one of the big ones that's in the Hall of Fame, and a lot of the guys from his era will say, the word, the word integrity is on the crest of the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's important. And so that's why a lot of the players, former players that are in there that don't want Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa and those guys in, they look at the word integrity on the crest on their stuff and they say, well, they didn't play with integrity. Yeah. And then but you also have Jeff the stats. Bagwell so did. so how, how will you evaluate that if you get that opportunity? <laughs> yeah. well, let's, him, let's him take that one. I mean, if you ask me this, I'd change my opinion like weekly, it seems like. <laughs> but I think the bottom line is I'll start with, a lot, all these guys are in the Hall of Fame, technically, from at least the museum perspective. I know that's lame to say. Um, I think 
I think the morality part does matter. I think we talk about how much they benefit and help their own careers, but something I think we don't think about a lot is how much they may have hurt other players' careers. If you're a hitter and you're just teeing off on a guy, and like, how does that impact that guy's numbers uh, down in, in the grand scheme of things? And that's kind of a smaller scale, but um, I think I would say this. Would I one day hope to and wish to vote for the Hall of Fame? Yes. Right now, am I glad I don't have to make these decisions? Also, yes, because I don't think you can win. I really don't. No. I think this is one 20-year span where what do you do? What do you do with it? Do you, do you go only, only solely on the numbers? And, like, Barry Bonds was on that trajectory before uh, he started being linked to this stuff. Um, do, you just, do you just say forget it, or do you just say, like, no, there has to be a, a line here? So this is a really tough era. I think maybe Scott Rowland is somebody that this is his fifth year on the ballot, right? Like, I think at some point he probably would have got in Veterans Committee or otherwise. But because of all these other guys who aren't soaking in all these votes, right now in this, this arrow, you're going to get some players who are maybe on that tier yeah. list and not the, the Barry Bonds of the world. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's, it's, it's a very divisive. Like, every player that's been attached, whether they've admitted to it, fail the drug test or, or just, you know, allegations of taking steroids or PEDs, whatever. Um, it's it's all very divisive, and, and you have half the people. Honestly, it's probably, like, very close to 50-50, mm-hmm. if not, you know, if not exactly 50-50. Of, there's people that really hate what they did to the game and tainted, tainted the game. Um, but there's people that, like, Cody Cody wants steroids back in the game. Like there's Absolutely. There, I, I don't have to ask Cody. No. I know that he want, he know he believes Sammy deserves it way more yeah. than Scott Rowland does. But, oh, so that's why I'm, like, I'm with Tim. Homers, dude. I'm with Tim in that I'm happy I don't have to vote on this era of players because, it, like he said, you can't win. You're going to get yelled at no matter what side you fall on. I don't care about that. Like, but you're going to yell whatever. It's just, like, I'm just it's like, hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard for myself, yeah. and I also don't want to deal with the – the crazy fans <laughs> that will just be in my mentions every day. Are you guys ready for a little game of mystery player? You yes. didn't let me give my take. Oh, I'm sorry. Give your take, oh, yeah. Cody. Even we though, already like, know your take. Well, I, your take my, is Sammy over Roland. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yes, I will I, say that, like, I don't even really care that Scott, Scott Roland got in. Like, you said the fifth year on the ballot, fine, whatever. Like, is he, what, someone in the chat said he's the 18th third baseman to ever get in. Is he one of the eight, like, in all of baseball, guy, like, guys – You'd be qualified. Is he one of the 18th best third basemen ever? Maybe defensively. He was great defensively. I think he has a Hall of Fame resume defensively. I mean, I watched that guy, unfortunately, way too much because of where I lived growing up. But, like, uh, I just – to me, like, considering who's on the ballot, like, I do kind of sympathize. I can't say that. Sympathize. Sympathize. Thank you. you. I kind of feel that way for the voters. But they all, like – listen, Tim, I know that you're, like – morality and all this but like <laughs> they did it to themselves by not putting the guys who i believe deserve to get in man like that's that's just kind of my yeah. my feeling about it and also i do think todd helton deserves to get in. he's the greatest yeah. rocky ever and, and people are going to use the whole chorus thing against him like it was close who cares man like he when you think of the colorado rockies you're thinking of todd helton and that guy was one of the best first basemen in the league when i was a kid so if there's one guy if you if you put a gun to my head and asked me to like choose someone okay. else that's the guy i would have chosen but again, fifth year on the ballot for Roland. He to me he was great, in my opinion. So and that's saying something coming from me and who he played for. So it's big of you. All right, I got, I got this real quick. It's big of me. Yeah, what do you got? Third baseman all time. This is baseball reference. Roland is tenth in war. Everyone above him is in the Hall of Fame. And I know maybe defense is a big part of that, but I think that's kind of interesting. Like at some point this guy was gonna get in. It's just a matter of the time. Yeah, Nobody's yeah. debating if he was a good player. He was a good player. Fred McGriff was a good player, too. Let's look at these mystery players I put together and some of their stats, and you tell me who definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame and who does not. Okay, player A, 18 seasons. All three guys are at the same position. 18 seasons, three-time All-Star. Career war of 32, 386 home runs. So the most out of any of those three players, the 386. The batting average... 283, so highest batting average of any of those players. Silver Slugger, Silver Slugger, RBI-wise, 1,400. Leads the list there, too. Mm -hmm. So, fewest all-star appearances, but highest batting average, most RBIs, and most home runs. Most seasons, as well. 
Player B, 17 seasons, seven-time All-Star, by far the highest war at 70, 316 homers, so you're talking like 70 homers less, um, eight gold gloves. There's one you don't see necessarily with the other ones. Player C, though, has five gold gloves. Okay, interesting. And then also a 70 war, nine-time All-Star. nine-time All-Star. Who are nine-time these? All-Stars in, in less seasons, too. Two of those, seasons. Two of those three are Hall of Famers. One is not. Okay. Okay, <laughs> is, is the first one Harold Baines? First one is not Harold Baines. All three players are the same position here. You want you're wanting us to guess these, right? No, you don't have to. Okay, okay. All right, you ready for the big reveal? Joey's on Joey's on the ones I and twos. No He's back from France, by oh, the way. Oh wow. Aramis okay. Ramirez is pretty damn close to Ron Santo and Scott Rowland. Now, I look at those numbers uh-huh. and I don't say in any way, shape, or form. Okay, okay. player A was Aramis Ramirez. That's Eighteen a three-time seasons, three time all star. His war, half of basically what Rollins is. But he's got more home runs, a better batting average, and more RBIs, and played one extra season. I'm not going to compare him to Ron Santo. I just wanted Santo to be in there because Santo's a guy that they kept out of the Hall of Fame until he died, which was criminal. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So the fact that Ron Santo wasn't in the Hall of Fame, and you look at his numbers next to Scott Rowland, you go, what? Like, of, he was a nine-time All-Star. Now, there's... There's some numbers that I didn't put on these graphics that are really telling you the two. I'm just telling you, when I look at Aramis Ramirez and Scott Rowland with the stats that are on that graphic, I'm not telling you Aramis Ramirez is a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you the numbers aren't crazy different. And I've never heard anybody say Aramis Ramirez should be in the Hall of Fame. So are you telling me it's just gold gloves that... I think that's what's putting them over the yeah. top. Well, sure. it, it, because but I'm just saying, as... Have you ever heard anybody say... It's, Aramis Ramirez should be in the Hall yeah. of Fame. No, well, as Tim said earlier, like the like defense, like as far as war goes, defense really helps in that. Like it, it factors in a lot to overall wins above replacement. Um, and I mean, I guess when looking at that and looking at what Ron Sano's case was, and clearly he was the, the deserving Hall of Famer. Scott Rollins isn't that far off. Like that kind of makes me lean even more towards Scott Rollins. Sure, agreed. He could have been numbers a Hall of Famer. are similar to Ron Santo. My point is just like it's not as insane. They waited till Ron Santo died. Yeah, yeah. Before, the they, before they finally put him in. Yes. I mean well, the, the ballot was probably tougher though. Yeah. Well, and it was a different. It's a different era too. Like Fair. even comparing the home runs and stuff is is very difficult. Now these are the stats that I think are really interesting. First place votes and MVP votes, okay? Okay. This is, this is one that doesn't do much for Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland, in his 17 seasons, had one first place vote for MVP in 17 seasons. He got one vote for MVP. He only finished in the top 10 of baseball for MVP four times. Four times in his whole 17-season career did he finish in the top 10 for MVP. Aramis Ramirez, three top 10 finishes for MVP in his career. I wouldn't have thought. Wouldn't, wouldn't have Aramis that. was more of an MVP, according to those votes, than Scott Rowland was. Aramis hmm. was in the, got some sort of vote for MVP in the National League five different seasons. Again, I'm not saying Aramis Ramirez is a Hall of Famer. I'm just telling you, if you're telling me a guy wasn't even, only one season did he get votes. Yeah. And then you look at Ron Santo, (laughs) and this is where you separate Santo from Scott Rowland because you don't have to compare home runs and RBIs with the game changes. It's different. But if you're comparing him to his peers and the guys he's playing against, now remember, he's playing against He's playing with guys like Ernie Banks. He's playing with, you know, he's playing against the glory players of baseball, the gold, like the best of the best, right? Ron Santo didn't have any first place votes, but he finished in the top 10 four different times and in the top five twice. Scott Rowland can't touch that. Can't touch that. Roland was also rookie of the year, though, and like he, in the World Series in 06, he he hit what 420. It says right here. So like, I don't know how much that has to do with it. I think Ramirez. I didn't. I, when you put those three up there, I had no idea that would be a Ramos Ramirez. It's pretty interesting to 
I just see that. I and and I wasn't even seeking it out. I just arguing, thought to myself, who yeah. else played third base a lot during that era? Yeah. And then I'm like, well, Ramos played a lot. He had a lot of home runs. Let me look at the two numbers. Mm-hmm. Again, if I look at the two, two resumes, I would say Scott Rowland is the Hall of Famer, I'll, especially because of the gold glove. Much better fielder. I'll tell you right now. If I it, just don't think they're that different. If we're yeah. having this conversation 20 years ago, Ramirez probably has a lot better of a shot at getting in like in comparison to Rowland. Because, like, you know, the home runs, like, that was such a big difference a long time ago. Now it's like war isn't the be-all, end-all of getting into the Hall of Fame, but a lot of voters do use that for, you know, to help just kind of to, to put in perspective how good these players were on both sides of the ball, uh, compared, especially compared to, like, their contemporary players, all that stuff. So the fact that we're talking about it in 2023 now and Ramos Ramirez's war was so far below oh, Scott yeah. Rowland's, is a huge, you know, impediment to Roland Aramis Ramirez. Scott Rowland's a better player. Game. Eyeball test: Scott Rowland yeah. better player than Aramis Ramirez as an overall player. Yeah, for a hitter though, pretty similar. Like Stucky said, but that's the whole the, thing. Is the like MVP you're, vote thing is kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, also during that era, Albert Pujols was the best player on the planet. So Scott Rowland wasn't looked at as that's the what guy. I was going to ask. While Aramis like, Ramirez was looked at as the guy during his peak yeah. years with the Cubs. That's what I was looking at. I was thinking about is did Scott Rowland maybe get overlooked as like a piece of those, those really really mm. good Cardinals teams for like because yeah. he spent what six seasons in St. Louis was on that World Series team was also on that you know that '04 team that got swept by the Red Sox you know the teams that were that kept winning the Central that whole decade. Did he? Did Scott Rowland get overlooked just because he was on the same team as Albert Pujols? Jim Edmonds was really was at his peak at that point. I mean, Chris Carpenter was still pitching. Yadier Molina was at the beginning of his career. Like this isn't a Cardinals. Podcast, he's not allowed Ryan. on this podcast. Uh, here's another <laughs> guy. Here's until one he, other, until he unblocks, one other guy's stats that I threw in there. Twenty two seasons, WAR thirty eight eight, similar to Aramis. Three hundred and eighty four <laughs> home runs, two eighty nine batting average, six time All Star, the most RBIs at sixteen hundred zero. Top 10 finishes for MVP had votes in four different seasons. Who is it? Harold Baines, Hall of Fame. There you go. So, again, I don't personally care who's in the Hall of Fame, but if you're telling me that Harold Baines is a Hall of Famer and you're not even talking about Aramis Ramirez, guys, there's the, there's, you should just have a Hall of Good, a Hall of Great Guys, a Hall of This Era. Like it, It's starting to become a little bit ridiculous, and it's disappointing to me because I think of all the Hall of Fames, the Baseball Hall of Fame is the one that I actually respect. Like yeah. other sports, just seem to put anybody in there, and and so I I I liked the fact that the Baseball Hall of Fame held it to this high credibility. You had to reach, you had to be the all-time greats in that sport, and yeah. so that's why is Ramos Ramirez a Hall of Famer? No, but I'm not sure that Scott Rowland is a Hall of Famer. I'm not sure that Harold Baines is a Hall of Famer. And I don't know what to make out of the steroid guys. They're clearly the greatest players of that era. Some of them probably whether or not they took the steroids. Yeah. I, to me, whether, whether you think they're, they're deserving or not, specifically the ones you're talking about, it's... It's it's tough to look at it for the the baseball writers to only decide that only Scott Rowan of all the guys on that ballot, like only Scott Rowan is on like, that ballot. Like that that's that's to me like because you want to talk about credibility and integrity. Well, okay, you're not gonna let steroid guys in, but you're gonna let David Ortiz, Jeff Bagwell, Pudge Rodriguez in. All three guys were linked to steroids at one point in their career. Pudge like, is a great example, right? Like. Pudge follows me on just, Twitter. Just to oh, me, yeah. to me, this integrity yeah, thing is is <laughs> just makes me want to throw up, honestly. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm I'm with you, Luke. Like, I don't really care anymore because, like, it doesn't make any sense. That to me, it, it comes down to who the writers just liked. I, that's just how, like you let David Ortiz in because he was like a fan favorite. His personality was awesome, but also linked to steroids. You know, that's right. But See, like, we're not gonna let these other guys in, and it. I know I'm going back to the steroids thing, but that this is why Luke feels the way he does, though, because we're, they're letting all some of these other guys in who you can argue are borderline, but you didn't let the guys who clearly dominated an era in. And to me, someone 
looking through my lens, it's just kind of like, all right, well, then what's the point of this? Like, we're just here to clap for some guy for getting in because we had to get someone in. Like, I don't, yeah. it's I don't just know. like a bunch of nonsense. That's why I struggle with it. I tell you, like, we talk about this at the top of the show. I might switch my, my opinion on this every yeah. five seconds. It's like, man, like, you're talking about Barry Bonds and it's all these guys like, man, they should be in. Like, look at the numbers. And I'm like, well, like mess around and find out right like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. i don't know man it's so tough to me like barry bonds was going to be in the hall of fame and then 1998 happened and then he felt like he had to catch up or however you want to talk about that like they're in the they're in the hall of fame it's like are you deserving of being enshrined when how you you finalized the end of your career what what was the final result how did you get to the what, what about and this isn't this, this this isn't related to steroids what about uh, carlos beltran because nightingale wrote that article the other day about how it's time for him to get in and people are holding back because he was on the Astros in 2017 and had to do, which was the, the cheating scandal team. So, like, but it, wasn't he, like, a coach or something? Like, like I, I, like, well, I don't he know. Still, he was still playing. Was he still point, playing? But he I wasn't. It wasn't like, but he wasn't, like, a guy. It like, also, like, was, his like, prime years were, yeah, like, his prime years were well past, like. Well, that's the thing is, like, the, even the, the that whole thing, just Beltran specifically, that whole thing didn't help him and <laughs> like his numbers sure. were good but it may have helped the rest i don't know but like tim is kind of saying like i, I kind of flip-flop on it too because it's like well barry bonds you know he never he never tested positive for steroids as far as i remember did he bonds sammy's Test- never been proven either sammy's he, never just, been proven. he just keeps denying it links right. and then that i think sammy was part of that anonymous survey or anonymous testing that was leaked or whatever um but nothing proven and it's like okay, well, like, do you just assume that they were using steroids without any like real legitimate? Pro- I don't know. And then you also think about well, a guy like you know Mark McGuire who admitted it and and you know kind of paid his debt to baseball, and now he's been welcomed back in by the Cardinals or uh, the Dodgers had him as a hitting coach or whoever it was. Yeah, like yeah. he's been started to welcome back into baseball. Like this is he as he worked his way back. Should he have? Should he be back in the good graces of the voters enough to be voted into the Hall? Like it's it's a very weird kind of. Yeah, it's know, a precedent. slippery slope. It That's is. just why I've gotten to the point where I just don't care anymore. But I also I, feel I just like... don't care. Like I, I think the players should have a say. Like the the former players, the veterans committee that's in there, they should have a say. If it's about integrity and it's their club, cool. But really, the Hall of Fame started by the writers. They have the vote. They should have. One. It's almost like you have to have multiple Hall of Fames. Yeah. And then it just it just waters it down, and it's just become. I think it's one of the biggest problems with the steroid era has become what it's done to the baseball hall of fame. Yeah. It, it, it's left everybody just, it's everybody has a hot take opinion mm-hmm. about it. And for me personally, I'm just saying when you start to look at the numbers of different players, I don't know what's going on anymore. And I like Scott Rowland. Do I have a problem with him in the hall of fame? No, but I back to what it all started with Carm tweeting Mark Grace. <laughs> I don't think Mark Grace is a hall of famer either. It's a Cubs mm-hmm. hall of famer. He's a Cubs Hall of Famer, that's right. Well, they better get a Ramos in the Cubs Hall of Fame based yeah. on those numbers because yeah. he's pretty close to Scott Rowland. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he's eligible, actually. I remember uh, at the Cubs convention when everyone was chanting for Sammy, and then Ricketts said he's not even eligible. So I'm like, let's see, Sammy's career end with the Cubs ended in what, 04 or 05? was the last year, whatever, whichever year it was. 04. 04. And then Ramirez was through, like, 09 or something like that. So well, how long do you have to be retired? I have no idea. But if Sammy Sosa isn't eligible <laughs> yet, then I he's would 20, assume. 2024. I think it's after they retire. Uh, I don't know the exact. I'm not good at math, but I don't know when that, that year would have been. But I know Sammy's, they said 2024, which is yeah, going to yeah. make, they're going to have to confront this head on. <laughs> until the, yeah. until Pat there Hughes went in, I'll be honest, I don't think I knew there was a Cubs Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> they brought it back, brought right? It. it was older, like 30 years right. ago. So, like, yeah. like you know, I mean, it's not. Yeah. Uh, I like uh, the comment. Uh, I think his name's Tom. He says Ozzie Smith was a good shortstop, could do backflips, but couldn't hit a lick. <laughs> Uh, and is in the hall, and like, that's that's a lot of like how I feel about Yadi or Molina, but also like you can use this as something for Ramos Ramirez if you wanted to actually argue it because yeah his defense wasn't very good but he he hit the ball a ton right so like, but also when Ozzy Smith got in it was a complete different era it was a long time ago so it goes back to what Luke was saying where a lot of it just doesn't make any sense. And, and it, it's and, Im, it's impacted the Hall of Fame. It's impacted the game, the steroids era. I, the 
the people I feel bad for are not the players that are not going in. I don't feel bad for Sammy and for Bonds and Clemens. I don't feel I don't feel bad for the players like Scott Rowland who are getting the scrutiny of everybody going like, wait, you know, what about this guy? I actually feel bad for the players that are in there that did it the right way and are the all-time greats. Ryan Sandberg, Frank Thomas, you know, go down the list of like all Lou Gehrig, the, the all-time greats of baseball where there's just no question that person's the Hall of Famer. Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, now it's Ken just Griffey gotten Jr. so muddy that I feel like it's tarnishing what they built yeah. in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. No, I, that said, I, I, I would I still agree. go to Cooperstown if he gave me a ticket. Yeah. I think we should because Pat Hughes is getting in this year. That's a great point. Also, did just just to, before we end this, Ramos Ramirez, do you guys know he played in that wild card game against the Cubs in 15? Yeah, he finished his career with the Brewers. But No, he finished his career with the Pirates. Oh, the Pirates. He, was in that, he, really? he played in that yes. wild card game. I, I did know, not know that. I don't know. Someone mentioned to me at Cubs convention. I'm like, huh. That's right. Huh. I wouldn't I wouldn't have guessed it. He he pinch hit and played third. Pinch hit in the seventh inning. Wow. Somebody in the chat I said Ramos played a few years too long, and that's probably true. Probably. But he was underrated as a Cubs player. I know he wasn't a, lot a spectacular third baseman, but for what they got him for, <laughs> one of the all-time great Cub trades for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families oh, no. and businesses and the communities we serve manage the energy usage and lower energy bills. Now and into the future, ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LEDs. Learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through mobile devices and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting, network lighting controls, and making these projects even more cost-effective than they have ever been. ComEd.com slash poweringbiz right now to start saving money and energy to start a project. Contact them at 1-855-433-2700 for more information Email them at businesseecomed.com or publicsectoreecomed.com. And I'll tell you one thing you don't necessarily need today, Shady Rays, yeah. but every other day you need your Shady yeah, Rays. Yeah, no, Tim, I was going to say, again, you have the new whip. <laughs> on a day that's not today, you're going to be driving around. You're maybe on the highway or, or around, around the city. Sun might be in your eyes. You need sunglasses. and but keep the snow out of your eyes. That, that, that's true. That's true. Um, but there's no better pair to get if you want Shady Rays. Shady Rays never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone in every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Drop them in a lake, off a cliff, anything, they'll replace them. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality. That I can tell you, hold it in my hand. I would be having them on my head. I forgot in my backpack. They're over there. But, um, yeah, the, the, they still manage to make quality that I can tell you seems just as good as any expensive pair that I have ever worn. Shady Rays customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. They stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem, they throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. You get free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. And exclusively for our listeners, listen up, Tim. Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. That's buy one, get one free, as Luke likes to call it, BOGO. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. <laughs> Redeem that code CHGO for right, 50% bro. off only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. The kids call it BOGO. You can also get your Shady Rays when you lose all your money on DraftKings. So. Shane wants to know why I don't so have you this. you cover your pain. Shane wants to know why I don't have this read memorized by now. It's long, okay? It's a long ad read. You could tell. Well, it's emotional for you because you're so, you're so passionate about your Shady Rays that you get a little choked up every time you go to read it. <laughs> Get a little reclamped. You start to get a little choked up. The tears start yeah, to well up, and then sure. then you got to restart. The th- it's not that it's long. It's an it's an emotional read for you. That's fair. It it's hits a tough home. time. Yeah, it's I home. feel it. You got, should it's we fair. should we do a little stock up, stock down? Did you? Yiddish for clamped. 
Clem? Thank you. The can, can we can we did we hear Joey there or not? Joey said it's good no. Yiddish. Said it was good Yiddish. The audacity. <laughs> Thank you. The audacity to to, oh, yeah, to, back, to bring up stock up, stock down, and not think that I would have some sort of PTSD from from this exercise. Trade I forgot up, to tell trade Joey. Trade value up, trade value down. <laughs> this is my bad. I forgot to tell Joey that we need your tweet graphic of the stock up, stock down, and we should have built these for everybody that's watching on YouTube. But we're yeah. gonna go uh, less graph graphic heavy in this one. <laughs> Cody made a graphic. I didn't make a graphic. No, we thought I should have thought of it. Oh, we yeah. should have had his. He always tweeted every every player, every at bat, yeah. every time Michael Somebody Givens. Hit, they were stock had a clean outing. It we, was stock up. up. Yeah, we, you, you should have had you do that at the end of the season, like where they started to where like how like how far the value went up or down yeah. by the end of the year. That would have been good. Yeah, I really hope that bit never comes back again. Like <laughs> I do, I do. That's my least favorite bit I've ever yeah. had. But don't you think it is possible that? The Cubs could be potentially competitive in the division, still in the hunt for a some sort of playoff spot, whether it's division or wild card. Yet they also could still be sellers. Well, I mean, I guess it would depend on, you know, say Cody Bellinger has a great season or mm -hmm. has a great first half, and then like one of the outfield prospects comes up right. and and is like mind blowingly awesome, and you just want to give him more bats, then. You, am I going to start doing Cody, Cody Bellinger stock up, stock down uh, tweets? Perhaps. Yeah. But, yeah, what, I mean, what I don't know if the Cubs explodes onto the scene and you have Mancini and you have Hosmer. I don't know. Tim, what do you think? Wait, can can you, they sell and, like, thread yeah. that needle? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you've seen teams do that. I feel like Cleveland does that a lot. Uh, Cleveland, Cleveland comes to mind, at least, as someone who does that. Um, I feel like the Orioles kind of did it last year, too, even though they didn't make the playoffs. But uh, they did sell Mancini, Mancini, and they were way better than anyone expected. Yeah. I, that felt like throwing the towel. I don't know why. that. I, I wouldn't have done it without the Orioles. But I think there's a way to mm -hmm. do that. Yeah, they, I mean, all, all these signings, or a um, number of these signings, are guys on short-term contracts. Mm -hmm. like, I don't think you would trade... The Cubs would not trade Trey Mancini this year because you have him on two years. But yeah. um, Cody Bellinger is really interesting. I mean, I don't know if he gets back to a semblance of his form. You wouldn't want to trade that guy. Um, but I mean, from what he's been the last couple of years, and if you, if like Brennan Davis, if you felt comfortable if he was ready to play center field when he's probably more of a corner guy, yeah, maybe maybe Cody Bellinger, you cash in on that uh, because of what he's been the last few years before. Who knows? Like, maybe you know, the way he struggled. Like, yeah. there's a there's a balance there, I guess. But I don't think they should do that if they're serious about competing and this guy's hitting well. Like, yeah. no, you should hold on to yeah. that. If he has I, a, you know, way runs created well over 100 in that first half, like that, then it's like extend him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I th I think, in my eyes, I think the where that might be most likely to come from is the bullpen. You got Brad 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 Box Burger in there. Um, they're, they're still looking to sign at least one more guy, a uh, veteran guy, cheap guy. Um, and so we've seen them do well flipping, you know, David Robertson, Michael Givens, Chris Martin, Chafin, Tapera, uh, flipping them at the deadline the last couple of years. Um, but they also are developing really good pitchers in the minor leagues who potentially could come up, you know, Brandon Hughes and Jeremiah Estrada come to mind. Um, there's going to be a few more guys in AAA that like, probably could be very close to making their big league debu debuts out of the bullpen. So if it kind of gets to that point where these guys are ready and they come up a little, a few times, have some good outings, um, I could theoretically see the Cubs flipping a guy like Brad Boxberger or whoever you know this other veteran reliever might be at the deadline because they're like, you know what, we got guys who are ready to come up that are our own guys. Let's see what we can get out of these guys who are only here on one-year contracts anyway. I could see yeah, that being what the Cubs sure. do, even if they are, you know, in that wild card hunt or, or still, you know, within striking distance of the Cardinals or, or you know, at, at at the top of the NL Central. I could see that being a scenario. I don't know that it's like incredibly likely, but it's it's plausible in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if they were to do that, I just hope they're not selling like four guys because we saw how that bullpen performed after they did that at least to start, and they eventually were able to find their roles and get better in September. But and the, again, this is all pending but, if the Cubs are. Yeah. Not in a but I don't think spot. they're. They, I don't think they're. Have. I don't think they're relying on Brad Boxberger and who this other guy is going to be as much as they did Robertson, Givens, and Martin last year. Like those were their three, and Efros too. Those were their four best relievers last year. That's true. When that trade deadline went down, I don't think. I don't know. I don't know that Brad Brad Boxberger is going to be one of their top 
back end guys. I don't know who this if they if they do sign another one. I don't know that he will, he'll be either. I think mm-hmm. you know you got your long you got your long relief weapons and Keegan and, and Adbert. Brandon Hughes did really well last year. Estrada has the stuff to be a really good back end guy. I don't know that they're going to be relying on their veterans that are a little more of trade chips than other guys as much as they did the guy the guys they did. You know, David Robertson, Givens, Martin, Chafin, Tapera, even Kimbrough. Speaking of bullpen guys, who are the guys that got outrighted to AAA yesterday? Manny Rodriguez and Anthony K. Anthony K. All right, yeah. the Anthony K. era lives on. <laughs> I think this is an interesting comment from Rick. He talked about Stroman has the player option for 24. Um, again, I don't think you trade someone like that if he's contributing. And last year was kind of a weird year for him with the COVID and mm-hmm. the shoulder and Second half, he he kind of was the guy you thought you'd get, you were getting when you signed him. But that's that's really interesting to me. Like, do I think they should do that? No. But starting pitching, everyone's always looking for starting pitching come mid July, right? Like, what yeah. if you felt comfortable enough with your depth and someone comes to you with a ridiculous offer? Would you at least have to listen? Probably. But if you're in the thick of the race, would you should you do that? No. But as a possibility, I haven't really thought about that myself. That's that's pretty interesting, especially if they're a fringe in the race team right like if they're in the race sure want that's one thing I don't think you you bail out of it because anything could happen but if they're if they're one of those teams that really doesn't know which one they are then maybe you consider something like that can we all agree if we said stock is up for the Cubs in this that it would be run prevention and defense as a team run prevention and defense the stock is certainly going up yes what would be the stock down as as a franchise? Mm. Extensions. Power? <laughs> I mean, po- power. I, I I don't know. If- uh, power feels like pretty much the same to me with potential to be better. Yeah. Like you lost Wilson. I mean, no, you lost Wilson. You added Dansby to somewhat replace it. Trey Mancini helps with that. The power. I mean, it's not like great. They don't have like great hit power hitters like throughout the lineup. It feels kind of relatively even with potential to be better. I just think if if we can't come up with an obvious stock down, and, and again, if you had to pick stock up for anything, defense might not be the one I would want to be the first. That would be no. if I would want it to be offense or pitching or whatever. But if you can't really come up with a clear stock down as a franchise, I think that points to good things for the direction they're going, right? Like, you can't look at it and say, wow, they're, they're getting worse here. Yeah. Whereas other years, you could look at them and be like, they're getting worse here, here, and here. I mean, I think if you're if you're looking at it from a full team perspective, there's not a lot of uh, subtractions this no. year. I think they they had a solid off season that they're a better team overall, not like tremendously better. But if you look at it like individual players, I think like Kyle Hendricks' stock is way down. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was it was down the second half of last season for sure. But now and I, I will get into that, but. Um, you know, he's probably not going to be ready for opening day. Who knows? Like, the the capsular tear is, is, is a weird injury that who knows if he can ever kind of get back to what he was. Like, it's – I would – I mean, if I had to on choose him. one, I mean, I guess offense would be the one. If you forcibly made me choose, I would say the offense is, star, is, is the one that's down because there's just a lot to prove there. You don't – like, I feel better about the pitching than I do yeah. the offense. feel good about the pitching and defense. Uh, but the offense, there's a lot of questions, a lot of, like – all right, I'm gonna hold my beer. You go out there and prove it. Like <laughs> I, I'm, I'm waiting because I, I want y'all to prove me wrong on that. Offense is kind of sure. both, like yeah. stock down and stock up. Like stock right. down, I mean, I feel like you've added a lot of guys. Strikeout, strikeout totals might go up in that lineup, but yeah, stock up, one. like you have a, you have a much better floor now all across those positions that you've added. Like that's fair. Think about, think about Trey Mancini. If he's not gonna be at first base with Hosmer there, then as a DH, like. Think about all the guys they shuffle in at DH last mm-hmm. year, and they like to have versatility there. But, I mean, Mancini is more of a proven hitter than a lot of guys they had there last yeah. year. And first base production was terrible last year, if you want to be just be honest there. And Hosmer at least oh, yeah. is around league average. So, like, they've at least stocked up there from what they were. Stocked down maybe the type of offense it could be, but it should be a better offense overall. It's like what you're saying. There's not something obvious here that is considerably down unless you want to talk about guys who have – I mean, I, I, I was individual say, guys. You can say that. Like Hendricks is the obvious one. Like his stock is down because we don't know, right? But as, team, as like a group team, I just don't see a specific spot. Catcher would be catcher offense. Like if you want to mm, get that specific, 
Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the two catchers are not going to produce what, what Wilson did offensively last year. Stock down, I mean, you could, if you, but this goes back before the offseason is the bullpen. Like, what do you have in the bullpen, like proven guys? But that doesn't, that's not since the offseason started. That's been a thing since, you, as you mentioned, you traded all those guys away. Yeah, that's true. But they like a lot of their in-house arms. So, like, I'm saying that now to, to kind of reach, but maybe that proves to not be something. Like, a lot of people in the chat are always talking about how the, the bullpen is in shambles, and I'm not going to go that far until the the Cubs prove that what they're, I, like, what they're thinking on how they're going to do their bullpen, how they shape it up. I'm, I'm not going to criticize it until – it, it, it it's bad because last year it was like the strength of their team was was the bullpen and you know the second half starting pitching so you know yeah there's a lot of unproven guys in there they don't have a clear closer right now until Cody Hoyer is healthy I guess but as Ryan said he mentioned some names that have a lot of high upside and if the Cubs like for real like if they're going to have that much confidence in those guys and other guys that have they have DFA to decide to go elect free agency, like we talked about with Leiter Jr. the other day. Then that has to show some sort of like, oh, this team's got some dudes. They just don't have. They just don't have any proven guys, except for Brock, uh, Boxberger, and you know maybe Brandon Hughes has proved enough for some people, but it was one year. So you you gotta you gotta see a lot more from a lot of those guys to yeah. feel, I guess, confident about their bullpen being like elite or anything like that. What do you guys expect out of Kyle Hendricks this year? And has it changed since you read Patrick Mooney's article in The Athletic just kind of describing his process of what he's going through, how it's just kind of the beginning phases of what he's going through? Hendricks talks about in the article, if you haven't read it, it's really good. It's, it talks about, you know, he, he, does, he chose not to have surgery, and most guys don't need surgery for a capsular tear. Percentages might be debatable on who and who does not, but but he's all about arm angle and, and arm path, right? And if you're not able to repeat that, especially at his age, he becomes less and less effective. So that's why they shut him down. And now he's trying to build up everything around that capsular tear to try and get him through the next phase, right? So do you feel better or worse about Kyle Hendricks? And what do you really expect? I I say I don't know what to expect, but if you had to if you had to really guess what he'll offer you this season, what does Kyle Hendricks give the Cubs? I don't feel any different about it mm-hmm. since that article. Like I think what are we saying? Like Cubs fans on the Twitters are saying are all concerned. Like I don't feel any different on about the Twitters. it. Twitters. <laughs> on the interwebs. On the interwebs. Um, <laughs> I think all along it's been anything he gives you, assuming it's not, you know, assuming it's positive outings or, like, five innings of three runs or whatever. Like, what I've always assumed that anything he would give you in that realm is a bonus at this point. Like, they they clearly went into the – I think Jed said in October, like, with any injured player going into an offseason, you can't necessarily count on them and how you're building your roster. Yeah. So, I think if he winds up whenever he debuts, like, if opening day is probably optimistic, if it's more May and he's someone who gives you 100 innings and he's – at least, like, more closer to the Kyle Hendricks we saw uh, before 2021. And even in 2021, he was pretty good before the last two months he kind of struggled. Um, that's great because you've built up enough depth now where you don't have to count on him and you don't have to expect 180 innings and a three-and-a-half ERA at the, at the worst as you had in the past. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm, I wasn't too, like, reactionary to it. It was just kind of one of those things where – you, when you're dealing with an injured player, you, you know things can happen. Yeah, and you can you can go look back at the tape. There's hours of content on CHGO Cubs podcast feed of me saying that like I don't feel great about Kyle Hendricks going into 2023. It's more of like if he can be on if he can be healthy and if he can give you however many starts and he's not your number one starter going into next in, into 2023 or a top three starter, then, yeah, whatever he gives you is a bonus at this point. Again, that was before, like, the offseason. It was, you know, going into the offseason, honestly, where I said a lot of that stuff. So, yeah, I'm 
I, I don't feel any different. The, mm-hmm. the positive of this is the Cubs have starting pitching depth. Like, I feel like Adrian Sampson has a good good chance to be that number five guy yeah. now to start the year. Maybe Hayden Wesneski, we see him earlier if they start him in Triple A. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good and, question, and, Tim. and that's a thing. Wesneski, like, like, not to go off too much of a tangent, but we've had that conversation about where we think Wesneski starts the season. What do you, in your opinion, where just looking at how it is now, where's where's Wesneski on opening day? Triple A bullpen or rotation? Um, I think he'll get every chance to win a rotation job. I think having Thompson and Alzali probably in the bullpen means means Samson versus Wesneski for the five spot. I think Samson. I feel like it's going to be Samson, and you're not going to put Wesneski in the bullpen. You're going to keep him stretched out. Yeah. So I would say triple A rotation. That's just me. Maybe they think he's so electric out of the bullpen and we get an extra multi-inning arm. But um, Samson, man, like, the numbers speak for themselves here. I just got it right here. I mean, 311 in 21 uh, games last year, 19 starts, 311 ERA. I know Wes Nesky showed yeah, really strong flashes too, but, like. I want to find my tweet, my, my like, his, histo- his historic tweet that I I found on my own on Stathead. I, I, I think he's triple-A <laughs> rotation, but I don't think. I think we'll see him sooner than later. But we're say. saying that Triple A rotation because the Cubs want to keep him stretched out, not because yeah. he's he's not, not one enough. of their best pitchers. Right, right. Like he may be better than somebody that's at the major league level. They just don't mm-hmm. want to use him in the role that they could potentially. Right. I, I get that. But that said, like Thompson last year was someone who was bullpen multi inning guy, and then it was not a big leap for him to get stretched out to starting well not within the big leagues, right? But I think Alzali and Thompson, assuming they're on the big league in the bullpen, we know Alzali probably is, but that, you have a bit of a redundancy there where you can afford to have Wesneski start and stay stretched out in AAA. Yeah. Well, does the, does the depth of the pitching staff change the way they've been working guys into the major leagues, right? Like with Steele and Thompson, it was kind of, here's your bullpen spot, earn your starting spot, you may fall back to the bullpen like that's and it worked. It worked for both guys. It's it's been successful. No matter where they ended up, they've become major league pitchers. Now you wonder with Wesneski, will they do the similar path with him? Or will they just be like, No, 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 no. He's best served as a starter for us. So we're gonna keep him stretched out, triple A, and if he doesn't win the job over Samson. It, it's interesting. You know, and and back to Hendricks, like you don't know what you're going to get out of him, but at the same time, you look at guys, he's got more innings and wins than yeah. Sutcliffe, Wood, Lester, Arietta. I guess the better question for, for Hendricks is maybe not what do you expect from him. What, what are the chances or what, are the, what percentage would you put on the Cubs picking up his option for mm. 24? Like, I mean... You, It'd be it'd be easy if you'd seen him throw, right? Yeah, like right. if you if you're watching him throw somewhere, and be like, "Wow, he's really good." But realistically, what does Kyle Hendricks have to do this season for the Cubs to pick up a 16 million dollar option for 24? How good does he have to be? Because even if he comes back, How much is it? 16 million in 24. So he's been very affordable. <laughs> he's the one guy that did take the deal from the Cubs, yeah. right? To to stick around. You to me. To, to earn that, you know, outside of just, you know, the fact that he's been with the organization, emotions, blah, 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 blah. He, to me, he would have to pitch like he did in 2020 for majority of this season. To, it's, to it's, a lot for a, it's a lot for a four or five when you have yeah. pitching depth yeah. coming. To get and, that much, and, and, to and get he that was much like money. in the Cy Young race with you, Darvish, in 2020, those 60 games. Yeah. So, like, I, I, don't, I, don't yeah, know. I don't know that it's a com- – to get the 16 million, it has to be at least close to that. I think if he pitches well and shows he can still be a part of this rotation, they'll not necessarily they won't pick up the option, but they could always rework, you know, or uh, uh, negotiate a new one. Um, because sixteen million dollars for like a number five starter is a lot of money yeah. at number four or five. Um, so if he pitches well and proves he can still, you know, be a good part of this rotation as they look to compete, they'll probably renegotiate something to keep him around. Um, because he is such a big part of this team, and he's a great baseball mind. You know, all those young pitchers look up to him and, and you know, seek out his advice, and he's just so good at doing that that they've lost so much leadership over the years of, of like, how what it means to win as a Cub. Uh, but Kyle Hendricks is still a guy that if he can play, if he can pitch well, 
would be a good would be a good idea to keep him around to also provide that leadership of like here I've done it before this is how you win in Chicago and this is you know this is what it means to be a cub but this is also what it means to win as a cub I think reworking it's more likely as you're saying but I think they've proven the last two years that sentimentality does not matter it is not a factor at all so do I think reworking it rather than picking up the 16 is I think that's more likely mm-hmm. you, you negotiate a lower figure but I think it's a question if he's here in 2024 right now because for one we have to see what his health is like but the way they have guys coming and the the depth they've accumulated like maybe they get to a point where they say like as they have with other guys thank you for your contributions and see ya. I mean cuz you're not going to yeah. you're not going to stash him at AAA. No. You know like that's just not yeah. that's like other guys right currently right now if you want to stash Wesneski for a part of the season you can but to your point it may not even be about the money. It may be that he's past where they need him to be and the next wave is coming. At some point, you've got to hand the keys to those young guys to your future. So we could be... If I had to put a percentage, I would say 80%. For me personally, what I think, I would guess it's 80% this is his last season in a Cubs uniform, even if he wants to be here. Yeah, it's a shame. And even if he bounces yeah. back and has a good season, well, yeah, my, my, my whole thing is like thinking it through my own lens, and like if I'm Jed Hoyer and the and the other Cubs front office, like that's how I would approach it. Yeah. But as Tim, as you guys are saying, like the Cubs have shown that 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 the best players, some of the best players in their entire franchise history, they're they're willing to trade them or let yeah. them walk. For it, the difference with Kyle Hendricks, and it's a shame, honestly, because of how much he me- he's meant to the organization. Is I think even fans are kind of like I wouldn't say dumb with him, but like. I think it won't hurt as much as seeing some of the other guys who have left. So, and and a lot of that, unfortunately, is because he just hasn't been healthy. And like, unfortunately, that's how fans act sometimes. It's like if, if you're not doing your job, so what have you done for me? Kind yeah, of league, it's like man. if you haven't Lately. if you haven't yeah. done anything for us, then like why are you here? And like I don't I don't look at it that way. The reasons that I've been down on Kyle Hendricks is like there's just like not a lot of trust there in like his health and like you know he's got he's getting older. Obviously, the, the velo, velo has never been a thing. Can he continue to do what he does as he gets older? All these types of things. While the Cubs have completely changed how their pitching infrastructure looks and the guys that they've developed and, and all that, you know. So, to me, it's like you look at a guy like Kyle Hendricks and you can probably get away without really losing much if he were to move on after next season. So. Well, if, if he does pitch well, which we all hope he pitches well this mm-hmm. season, uh We've seen what pitchers get and what teams are willing to take flyers on a guy for one year. He might, Kyle might end up at the end of his career being a one year, one year, one year. He could end up being the Rich Hill, right? Like where teams are like, he didn't, how how much has he made in his career? Like he didn't take the big contract. He he took the nice deal from the Cubs, right? So he may want to, when it all when he looks back at him, I want to say, I, I do want to get one big payday from somebody for one season if I have a good season and go chase a ring somewhere. I don't really don't think he's done, like, assuming he's healthy. I don't either. He's, he's still got if – he's, if he's healthy, he's got something left. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think someone would take – I don't even call it a flyer. Like, if he had a decent year and probably, you know, not 30 starts because of the health to start the year, but people would be interested in him. I mean, I, I think there would be across, the, across baseball, but it's a matter of – I mean, I think he would want to stay here, but it's it's not. It has to go both ways, and that's the shame of it all. It's like I, he should be someone. He seemed like someone. If you asked me this in 2020, and I know I, sorry, it's on a Cardinals podcast, but like the Adam Wainwright <laughs> of the Cubs, right? Like, yeah, he's yeah. not the guy who's going to throw 95 and maybe gradually like he was at a place where he he was command control, and he was someone who you thought would have the longevity to be here for deep into his 30s, and then the shoulder thing popped up, and now it's this question, and I think that's the shame of it all. He seemed like someone that could have been here for a long time, and now we're questioning yeah. what's next, and, and it's it's a health thing, and that's the unfortunate yeah. part. Well, that's, yeah, that's the thing. Because like he, he, he started opening day last year. Like, he was still Three times. a huge part. Yeah, but, was, but I'm saying, like, even as far as late as last year, still started opening day with someone who's still a big part of this rotation. Had he pitched the whole year, had he, had he been better than he was in 2021? You're probably looking at the Cubs, they looking to re-sign him again and keeping him around as part of the rotation. But as you said, it's like the shoulder thing popped up. He missed the second half of the year, and now you have no idea what you got in Kyle Hendricks. You, you really don't know 
if he's going to be healthy. You don't know if he will, yeah. if he comes back, will he stay healthy? Like it's and that's the thing. Like <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. You, what you just said, like I feel it. Like if if he was healthy and was just not even necessarily the level of 2020, but just like consistent and he was still giving you quality outings, mm-hmm. then yeah, I would be. I, I'd probably be like, yeah, pick up that option. You know what I mean? Because yeah, he's meant For a ton- six, even at sixteen mil. Yeah, yeah, I I would if he if he's healthy if he was healthy last year and w- was just just solid if he Ooh. was just solid I would I would consider it just based off what he's meant to the organization. I know that's more emotional, blah 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 blah. But again, he did take the 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 very nice deal. Maybe that would, that could have been something that the Cubs could have you know given him in the back end to make up for some of that, I guess, in a way, for like dollars-wise. But, again, he, he hasn't been healthy, and that's why we're sitting here questioning. So yeah. I'm looking at it from that perspective as if he would have been healthy and if he was just solid. I'm not even asking for number one starter or number two starter, like, performance. I'm, I'm just asking for, for just solid. Like, if he had done that the last couple of years, then, yeah, what's one more year and then paying him $16 million uh-huh. for it? Uh, so, Richie D. Breezy with a super chat. Saying Wesneski better than any other option at five spot in the rotation. Love you guys. Love uh, you too, Richie. It, Richie. A Thank lot you of people this. feel that way. He, he might be. It. I just, I think just the way the roster is made up right now. Like I think. I think a lot of it is how many course. innings do the Cubs want to put this yeah. guy through in the in this this season. Yeah. Course of action seems like AAA might be the the option they go. So if I put the odds at fifty percent that he's back in twenty four, are you going over those? Are you think the percentage is higher or lower than fifty percent in twenty four? I'll say lower. I'd say lower too. It hurts me, but I'll say lower. Yeah. Can you find those odds on DraftKings? <laughs> odds no. that he's on the Cubs in twenty four. Mm-hmm. I think you there's cannot. a spot for him on the team. I think for multiple reasons it could be very, very tricky, even yeah. if he is pitching well, that he's with the Cubs. He's gonna definitely have to want to be on the Cubs and aggressively want to be on the Cubs, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Uh how about a, a, a pick of the week? You got a DraftKings pick of the Draft week for us, Cody? Pick of the week. Uh, I had a few of those boosts last night on DraftKings. Uh, LeBron and Luka Doncic to combine for 65-plus. That hit when LeBron still had a quarter and a half to play last night. It was a nice little winner. Uh, my pick of the week, I have been. I said it on Monday. I love the Bengals on, on Sunday. They're a two-and-a-half point favorite now. Yeah, well, I got them when they were an underdog. Uh-huh. In my bet slip right now, I'm riding Joe Cool. I'm riding or dying with the ship, man. I'm going to go against you. I'm going to go Chiefs. Plus two and a half. It, it, it might get even wider. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a good one. Hopefully it's like a, an all-time classic that we're talking about to our kids at bedtime stories uh, in 10 years or, you know, Luke can do it, you know, after the Super Bowl, whatever, when the Bengals win. If Luke can um, bet on DraftKings, so can you. <laughs> that's right. But that was the whole – that was the model. Are you Chiefs? Chiefs or Bengals? Um, I I think Mahomes' ankle is too much of a question, so – Maybe. That's why the that's why the line is shifted. Right? Like yeah. five different on Sunday, the Bengals were an underdog. So now they're you said they're two and a half point favorite. The Bengals are pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I uh, give me give me Joe Burrow. That guy's got great hair and he's just <laughs> smooth. He's got vibes. He's that's got what vibes. You like about him. He's definitely got vibes. The one thing you can say about Joe Burrow, he's got a vibe about him. <laughs> There's no question about that. That comes picture in those crazy of him with, outfits. A picture of him after the national championship when he was with LSU with the cigar. That's like an all-timer. Like, they should hang that in, like, the lover or whatever. You know what I mean? Whatever it's fucking called. The Louvre? The Louvre. Thank you. The, the Louvre? <laughs> I always forget how you say it, so I apologize. The Louvre? As much as you po- tweet it out, yeah. hang it in the... Well, I don't out. have to say it. I'm just typing it out. Like, it's a thing. Also, know? a little disappointed that Joey came back from France with the Bulls guys... We didn't even get a croissant from the guy. No baguettes, nothing. You know, not even not even a cheap croissant from the grocery store. <laughs> they don't travel well. Whatever. Freeze them. Uh, so we continue tomorrow. We're going to continue our interviews from Cubs convention. Tucker Barnhart. We're going to talk to. Did you Did you do game time? Oh, I forgot game time. Game Good time. call. Can't Thank you. Oh, man. I apologize to game, game time. You can go watch Bengals and Chiefs. You want to do game time? With, with game time. I'll do game time. You, you do game time. <laughs> game time is really your deal. Yeah, I mean, game time is my deal because I like getting. You use it all the time. I like getting tickets last second. You know, if I wasn't, if I was at Missouri, I would have gotten that that ticket last second to watch them beat Ole Miss yesterday by fifteen. Uh, I wasn't at Missouri, so I didn't. Congratulations. Um, but 
<laughs> Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier to, than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dream of sitting in a seat you never thought you could buy? The 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you never could buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Sox tickets, Cubs tickets, Bears tickets, Bulls tickets, Blackhawks tickets, whatever Chicago sport team you want to go to. You won't find a better deal than that. Uh, game time is created by the fans for the fans. They guarantee the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. See, that's why I let you do it. Cause that was a, that was a solid read. Thank you. That was very nice. Uh, and thanks for the reminder. Cause I, I totally forgot. It. Yeah. I was like, Luke, are you forgetting the game yeah, time read? <laughs> I'm already thinking no. about the drive home, the traffic. Yeah, is it going to be bad and slushy? Slushy, potentially uh, lake effect coming our way. wasn't too bad getting over here. No, it wasn't. Roads are pretty good. Shout out to Lightfoot on that one. She did a good job getting the roads finally clear. <laughs> Thanks, Lori. I still think Keegan should be the mayor. Uh, there we go. We'll see. <laughs> Keegan should be the mayor. Uh, we'll, but he's one of our interviews coming up, by the way. Yeah, and I'm he, looking forward to that one. Since He may I'm, or may not have a comment about being the potential mayor of Chicago <laughs> in that interview. Tucker Barnhart, I think you're going to really enjoy it tomorrow. Yeah. Really good interview, really good guy, and again, we talked about stock up, stock down. He's one of the reasons stock up defensively. Like They put a lot into this. He's super excited about coming, so that's coming up at uh, 120 in our podcast uh, on Thursday. Make sure you watch us live on YouTube. Subscribe so that you don't miss us, and then give the five-star reviews and the likes and all those things. Tim Stebbins, thank you so much for coming on this. Always welcome here. Anytime you want to come on the podcast, swing on by, jump in seat number four over there, <laughs> uh, and we'll see you again soon, hopefully. And thanks to everybody in the chat. Good show today. Make sure you're here tomorrow. We appreciate it. And thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Until Thursday, make sure you fly the W. first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com